Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lewis and Kyle Show, an interview podcast where my friend Lewis and I interview incredible people. Today we have another fun episode with Vosh Tomanek. Vosh has an incredible rags to riches story where he goes from Uber driver, food deliverer, to founder of three companies earning seven figures per year. But what struck me and will probably strike you throughout this interview is his mindset. Throughout the interview, we cover Vosh's story, what he has learned from Dr. Joe Dispenza, and throughout, he preaches the power of being able and acquiring the skill of changing your state to make sure that you always feel good and that you feel great so that you make decisions from an empowered place. Based on these lessons and beliefs, Vosh started Mindtrepreneur, which is a coaching community that helps entrepreneurs master their mindset and become happy, free, fearless, and fulfilled. All of which, throughout this interview, I took away as, as things that Vosh has definitely acquired throughout his life. And uh, it was a great interview. Loved getting to meet Vosh and getting to, to hear a little bit about his story and his beliefs. I will go ahead and switch to it now. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Vash, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I'm really pumped for this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, so one person that I learned about maybe two years ago on the podcast was Dr. Joe Dispenza. And kind of fascinated by him ever since. I've not had the chance to go as deep into like the rabbit hole of his work as I would have liked. Uh, but when I found out that you had spoken at one of his conferences, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got we to gotta back up here and figure out how that happened. So how did, how did that come about? How did you find Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and mm. talk about like what you talked about as well at this conference? I'd love to start there. Yeah. So I love to focus on something called what I call just mastery. You know, a lot of people dabble. They listen multitude of podcasts. They read multiple books at the same time. They invested in seven different courses and they usually learn from multiple sources and they never have opportunity to truly master let's say, one teacher or one topic that they are interested in. And so three years ago, I believe, I just decided to go all in on the teachings of Joe Dispenza because it really resonated with me. I really resonated how he was scientific. At the same time, how he was relatable, how he was telling stories. So I really enjoyed him. So I decided to just learn everything he had ever produced. So I would listen to every podcast of his. I would read every book seven times and I would just go deep, as you said, to the rabbit hole. And I started going to his events, uh, meeting people and really understanding more and more what he is about and the teachings. But the most important thing, I was living it because he recommends usually hour long meditation, which some people can't even do it for five minutes, let alone hour. So it's all about doing it and really being there. And I decided to go all in. So I would meditate even three hours some days. And through his work and, of course, the other principles I, I teach as well, is I started attracting a lot of things into my life. I built three successful businesses. Uh, I started to attract a lot of wealth into my life, a lot of opportunities. And at one point came a point where I was like, let me use it to attract girlfriend or love into my life. And so I started basically using his principles to attract wealth. And 63 days later, I attracted my girlfriend. I didn't have to go on Tinder. I didn't have to ask friends to introduce me. I just basically bumped into her. One day I'm going to my friend's office and literally I bumped 
into her. And I was at that point, I was like, man, this freaking works. <laughs> and so I just posted in Joe Dispenza group, kind of just telling the process I've done because I use multiple principles that a lot of people didn't know about. And so I just posted in a group. And then one day I'm in Florida at one of his events and his assistant says, hey, do you want to meet Joe Dispenza backstage? And I was like, you bet, you know? So I just went backstage, met, met there Joe Dispenza and he said, hey bro, can you go on stage and just tell the story and tell exactly how you've done it? And I was like, of course. So I think there were 1700 people and basically, I sp spent, I believe, 15, 20 minutes on the stage. Uh, it's on YouTube as well. And that's how I met one of my biggest mentors by doing his work. It's clear to me um, through my research and through your energy, just on this short call we've had so far, like, you know, you, you emanate this um, energy that people hope to get to. And that's what you teach. And that's kind of like your MO is this like full, loving heart. Um, and, and this energy, but I want to talk about, um, and understand where you were when you were driving, you know, Uber or delivering food, like it's clear where you are now, but where were you to relate to the people mm -hmm. that might be listening to this that, you know, are in that position so they know where they can go? Yeah, that's a great question. So for a listener it's just three short years ago, I was at the university and I was delivering food for Uber Eats. I, I wish I had a car. It was on my bike. So, so it was even worse. Um, and basically that's how I was learn, uh, earning money. And back then, if you took the version of me three years ago and we sat next to each other, you wouldn't recognize them. They're totally two different human beings. And I'm a big believer that you can change virtually anything about you. If I used to be shy, now I'm outgoing i used to feel scared nervous to speak on camera now i speak on camera almost a whole day um i was living in a lot of scarcity worried about money i was procrastinating a lot doubting myself and now basically i don't do any of it so three years ago i'm at university delivering food for uber eats and i have this dream of starting my own online business and i bought a course or invested in a course and I got all the informations, all the tactics, how to send emails to potential customers, how to deliver the service. But I found myself, guys, just procrastinating, doubting myself, questioning if I can do it, and not taking much action. And as a result, I didn't get much. Um, and even one day, I remember I was doing cold calls, and I got no after no after no after no. And I went to the nearby park and I started crying because the dream I had in my mind was so far away compared to where I was. And I remember watching YouTube video after YouTube video, people making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I was like, how they are doing it? I can't even sign a first client to earn at least thousand dollars and they're making so much money. And that's when I remember I'm, I met my coach now, my best friend and business partner, John, who said, Vash. It's not about some secret tactic you're consistently looking for. Because I was blaming, like, it's, I don't have the email script. I don't have the cold cold script. It's because I don't have enough experience. I was blaming the external. And he told me, until you change the internal, the procrastination, the fears, the doubts, nothing is going to change in your mind. And that hit me hard. 
because I realized that, man, it's <laughs> the problem why I'm not succeeding is not some market conditions, the business model. It was me. And that day, guys, I decided to commit. I was like, let me go all in. And I decided to do only three actions every single day that will get me closer. So it would be 10 personalized videos every single day to potential customers. I would study sales for at least one hour every single day. And I would visualize the goal as already a reality every day. And after 63 days, 630 videos sent. You know what happened? Nothing. No clients, no money in my bank account. But deep down, I knew that at that point, most people are going to give up. But I knew that my time is coming, that each video is making me better. Every day, I'm getting more and more confident. And then in the next 27 days, I hit my goal, which was $10,000 a month. That's what I saw as the golden kind of destination where most of my needs would be met. And that's when I hit the momentum and then scaled the business to $100,000 a month, hit seven figures and started two more. So yeah, that's where I was just three years ago. Where did you meet John? Yeah, so it was, I believe we met at one of the party. Uh, I believe it was in London. We just met. He was already doing really well. And we just chatted for a bit. And, and then I had shiny object syndrome. So I started a podcast. But it was, for me, there was total excuse to avoid working on my first business because I just had so much fear inside. So I wanted to do something else. And so he was my first uh, guest on the podcast. And he mentioned briefly, Vash, I'm about to start coaching people. And in my head, I was like, perfect. He will coach me for free. I will get a <laughs> testimonial in exchange. So we jump on a call. I was like, yeah, free coaching. Let's go. And he hard closed me, just hard closed me. I had lots of money to invest. And he just kind of hard closed me. But I'm so happy he's done because I was talking myself out of greatness. I knew he can help me. But there was so much fear about the money. I was holding on to them. I was like, can I do it? But I, I am so happy he, he convinced me because since then he helped me change my life in multiple ways and he showed me the path. Yeah, that's one thing Kyle had mentioned to me before we had gotten started was like his perception of your story was that even at this point when you didn't have much money, you were willing to invest in yourself and like willing to basically reinvest all of your money into your, like, I don't know what the first course was or how expensive it was. But you're saying you're driving for Uber Eats doing delivery with on a bicycle and in, in the students. So it's like you don't have much money to be investing in these things, relatively speaking. And yet you still did like, what's your philosophy around that? Or what was it at the time? Or what is it present day in terms of like the importance of those financial decisions, even when you're not in a place of like abundance at the time? Yes, I realize this is almost like a lot of people I coach or even meet. I see they have the newest iPhone but they are hesitant to invest in themselves. They rather have $1,000 iPhone rather than $1,000 course. And I always tell people that if you invest $1,000 in yourself and you take action, very likely you can buy 40 iPhones in the future. And so my philosophy since day one was, let me invest everything back. And I probably invested over $400,000 in myself in retreats, masterminds, in certifications, because... There are just so many needs you can fulfill. I always tell people that the 
five, ten thousand dollar month profit is for most people our age is like the sweet spot. Like in most cities, you can get nice apartment, you can go restaurants, you can travel. And then people start going like the private jets, stuff like that. But to me, the, the, the joy there is such a small compared to, let's say, if I invested in myself and get better. So since they want the philosophy is like, let me invest as much as possible back into myself because that's something nobody can take away from me. Let's say if I build beautiful house and, and it just gets caught on fire, it's gone. The house is gone. But if I invest in my skills, nobody takes them away. So that's why I was willing to invest. I think the course was 1500 Then John did split payments. There was another money. And then after uh, kind of hitting it with John, I earned first 10K and I immediately put it back in another coach who helped me to go further or faster. So I'm always investing in myself. Because that's just, I believe it's the best investment you can make in life until you get to a certain point. Then maybe then you can go to stocks, you can go crypto, you can invest in other companies. But almost when you start thinking, what better investments there are? Like if you have thousand dollars to invest, very likely you're not going to become millionaire from investments. But you can put the thousand dollars in yourself, learn a skill that over the years could make you million dollars. What were the uh, practical skills that you invested in early on uh, to learn, to leverage, to get up to those, you know, to get to 10,000 and then pass that? For me, hands down, sales. I always tell people, if you learn sales, you will never go hungry because there is not a single business that doesn't need sales. And basically, most businesses reward their salespeople even with commission. So the better you get, the more you will get uh, paid. And I know that, for example, my first business is marketing agency. And I knew if I invested that amount of time to learn Facebook ads, that's perfect. But in a way, it can get obsolete. Facebook can get shut down and we move to TikTok, we move to Snapchat, whatever it is. But I knew if I learned the principles of sales, I can use it to any business. And that's the case for me. I started marketing agency because of sales. I could get clients on board. Then I started coaching business. I was able to bring people on board because I knew selling principles as well. And when I started my software company, same principles. So it's almost like one of the best skills I believe anybody can learn to whether it's in business or their employees, you will always benefit because we are selling ourselves all the time, even to potential girlfriends, right? We need to in some way sell ourselves. If we are having a business that we want outside investors, we need to sell the business or the idea to them. Um, so that's, to me, the most practical skill for business. I want to talk about now, like, you spent so much time reflecting on what you think was effective for you in this really remarkable three-year transformation. You now kind of have a curriculum, right, for, for teaching others from Let's, let's continue like from the beginner perspective. Like, I don't know if the six pillars of, uh, the entrepreneur are like the best place to like answer this question or if you have like another kind of framework. But what's now like given everything you've accomplished in the last several years? Like, Mm -hmm. what is your framework for others when it's like he has a clean slate? What do you tell him? For me, it's the four 
four-step framework that I coach anybody, whether it's you want to earn money, you want to grow a business, or you want to get in shape, or you want to have better relationship, or you just want to be happier or less stressed out, whatever it is. And there are only four steps to me. So first, you need to really think about what you want. Because most people know what they don't want. I ask them, okay, cool. so what do you want? Um, I don't want this. Or I don't want to work a job I hate. Like, no, the question was, what do you want? Not what you don't want. So most people don't even know what they want. So first, to me, it's some vision. But I don't like to set five-year, ten-year visions because... I tell people, if you told me three years ago I would be in the position I'm now, I wouldn't believe. I would probably set this as 15-year vision <laughs> to be in this position, but I, I did it in three years. So I don't like to limit myself by these long, grandiose visions. My first vision was simple as that. Let's make $10,000 a month. But a lot of people have the vision similar to this, or they know what they want. But the second step is important is knowing why you want it. Because if your reason why you want it is very superficial, oh, I want to impress these people, I want to prove them wrong, I want to flex on Instagram, once obstacle arises, which is inevitable, you're going to give up. You wouldn't continue 63 days as I did if your reason why was to impress somebody else. But for me, the reason why wasn't to save the world or and the world's hunger. My reason why was, I never want to sit on the freaking bike ever again. And that was my reason why. I just never want to sit there and it was so strong in me. Like I had so much disgust towards just doing that because I saw the people doing it for years, being unhappy, not being able to provide for their families. So that's the second steps. Know what you want and know the reason why you want it. That's your engine that will get you there. If you have a strong reason why an obstacle arises, you will go over it, you will go around, you will go through, doesn't matter, you will find a way. Step number three, let's keep it simple. What are three actions you can do every single day, the next 90 days, that will help you get that closer? And people say, ha ha ha, Vaj, only three actions, you can't achieve your goals with that. All of my goals were achieved with three actions. These three actions are non-negotiable, and everything else is a bonus. So if I had to build a website, I wouldn't do it the first thing in the morning because that doesn't have priority. I could have the best website, but if nobody knows about me, what's the point? So my free non-negotiable task when I started was 10 personalized videos. So getting actively uh, after my clients. Second is learning sales for a one hour minimum to make sure that if I get a meeting, I know how to close the meeting. And lastly was visualization, which is I'm something big on because I never earned $10,000 a month. I've never had even that sort of money on my bank account before. So at the beginning, I didn't believe I can do it. And if I didn't believe I can do it, I would never take action towards it. But a visualization created an evidence. I would visualize over and over again having that sort of money, earning that sort of money, being $10,000 a month business owner. So these are free, no negotiable actions for me. And the same is for anybody. Look at your vision and ask yourself, which free actions, if I did every day for the next 90 days, would get me closer to my vision? And lastly, 
And most importantly, who do you need to become to get there? Because big, big thing to remember, the listener or person watching this podcast or listening this podcast is far different from the person who has already achieved his or her goal. Hands down. The shy, insecure, broke, Uber Eats delivery guy would never earn $10,000 a month. It's impossible. But most people, guys, have it backwards. They tell me, Vash, I will be confident once I sign the first client. Or I will stop watching Netflix once this happens. And I say, no, no, no. You will never sign a first client until you feel confident. You will never achieve the goal unless you stop watching the Netflix, for example. So the fourth step is clearly writing down what is the difference between the current you and the you capable of achieving your goals. And this is the four-step framework I use every single time. It's almost perfect for reinventing yourself. When I started my coaching business, I had to become a great coach that I wasn't before. When I started scaling my business and started to have multiple team members, I had to become a leader. So I had to have vision, reason why, knowing my free daily actions, and become the person who is capable of achieving that goal. What are your three daily actions right now? Great, great question. So for me, I still keep some form of meditation, but for me, it's shifted now, which I call check-ins. So five times a day for at least three minutes, I go sit on my chair and check in for with myself for three minutes. It could be small meditation, small breath work. It could be even quick stretching. But I notice, guys, that my energy tend to drop or maybe you're pumped in the morning, you had cold shower, you go, you work, 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 and two hours later, your energy is dropping. You find yourself kind of jumping from one thing to another. So my one of the daily uh, tasks is five times a day, I check in with myself for three minutes. Second is speaking mastery. Again, English is not my first language, and I just past few months started jumping more on podcasts or interviews. And so one of the skills I'm now actively going after is one hour a day, I study my interviews, I study the past podcasts, improve the things I say, the way I say them, the even the way I basically, I use my body language. So that's more of the skill side. And third one is now I'm actively working on uh, building a new uh, product for my coaching business. So every day I spend minimum two hours a day towards building this product. So that's, yeah, three hours a day of minimum commitments plus the check-ins. Exactly. I tell people like when I started my first business, by lunch I was done in a way. The free non-negotiables took me around four hours, five hours. So if I started at seven, by 12 I was done. So if I had to build a website, I would do it in the afternoon. But if I had... If I wanted to take the afternoon off, I could. But so many people don't have clarity what they are going to work on. They're scattered. They mostly like react. Oh, this person messaged me. I should do this. Okay, let me do it now. Oh, this person wants me to send them proposal. Okay, let me work on it now. They are reacting to the outside world rather than choosing what they want to work on, moving towards it. And in the afternoon, have your calls, have your emails, have your Slack messages. But first, complete these three non-negotiable tasks. What is your current mission? 
Yeah, Skyrim mission is honestly impact. Because with Manchapreneur, which is the coaching company for entrepreneurs, we've now impacted over a thousand students, which still in a year and a half is for us great achievement and the growth is accelerating. And long-term goal or a long-term plan there is million students. I wanted a number that a little bit scares me, like how we are going to do it, but at the same time excites me. So that's the next mission because as I tell people, once you hit certain numbers, most of your needs are met and you start looking a little bit how you can contribute, how you can impact. So Dr. Joe Dispenza obviously has had a large impact on you. At what point did you did you find him? Like in this journey yeah, from was, being, you know, where you were to where you are now? It was very likely a few months after meeting John. So okay. it was almost John was a lot about mindset. That's what we teach. Like 10, 20 person is the strategies, how to grow business, how to sell, how to lead people, all of these beautiful things that are necessary. But the thing is that most of these things you find on YouTube, right? How to send emails, how to reach out to potential businesses, all of these things. But 80% we believe is the internal world. So that's what John was coaching me. And back then, that was when I returned back to the book from Joe Dispenza I just read years ago, but it didn't make sense much back then. And so it was probably four or five months into into the journey I started. Let's talk about the process of changing your inner world because, I mean, I know me personally, I struggle with it. I, everybody probably struggles with, with the, the reality of understanding your own internal world. And, um, you know, it, it's easy when you are empowered to understand how easy it is looking back, like to, to change your internal world, or maybe not the word's not easy, but how you did it. But when you're in a disempowered place, looking forward, it, it seems, you know, almost impossible because of the way that your internal world is in that moment. And so can you speak mm -hmm. to, to the, um, the process? You asked a really powerful question and I will take it a little step back just for the listener to make even more sense, I believe which is basically, as you said, making change when you feel inspired, when you feel empowered, it's almost easy. Like you usually spend two hours on Instagram or TikTok, but if you feel inspired, it's almost like you don't want to go there. It's easy to say no to distractions, but on the other hand, if you feel discouraged, maybe doubtful, it's easy to say yes to distractions, right? So that's what I've realized because one day it was on my mind. I would consider myself disciplined guy, right? And I enjoy going to gym. And one day I woke up and I'm like, let's go to gym. Let's hit some personal records. Let's go. I'm excited. But two days later, I'm making every excuse not to go. I'm avoiding it. And I'm like, what changed? Like going to the gym stayed the same. Nothing changed about the task. I didn't lose my discipline overnight, right? Like I'm a disciplined guy. What changed was how I was feeling. The first day I was, I received good news. I was feeling good. And the other day I was feeling bad, discouraged because I received bad news. And I realized that the only discipline people need is not like, again, what probably David Goggins teaches, like, 
fuck how you feel, just go and do it, right? Man up. That's not what about what is it about? Because I know when I force myself to do something, I never put hundred percent. It's almost like you force yourself, okay, let me send those emails and you kind of tie them. Okay, let me go to the gym and you lift weights, but not to your best abilities. And what I realized, guys, and one why I mentioned uh, check-ins is when I change how I feel, it's almost easy to go to gym. So what I do now, I call it disciplining the feeling. So when I don't feel good, when I feel a little discouraged or low energy, that's when I said, Vash, sit down. And I say, hey, Alexa, three, five-minute timer on. And I just focus on my breath. Or I visualize my future I want to create. And I change how I feel. And then I open my eyes and I just say, let's go to the gym. Because when you feel good, you make good decisions. It's easy to say yes to the good things and no to the bad things. But when you feel bad, everything is bad. Like it's easy to skip the gym. It's easy to go on TikTok and scroll it for, for hours. So that's why I tell you need to discipline the feeling and then changing yourself is easier. Not easy, but easier. So that's the first component to the question. And second is to change the internal world. Again, I believe why a lot of people are confused because it's intangible or it seems intangible. It's almost like change your internal world. What does it mean even? Right? Or change your mindset. Even mindset, it's such a broad term where it could be million things. But we we say that we just help you shift identity. And that's what changes your internal world. And your identity, you can simplify, is just how you think, how you act, and how you feel. That's it. That's your identity. So then it's easier to ask yourself, what would be the identity of a person who has already achieved my vision? And you might say, let me write down three thoughts he would have. Let me write down three behaviors he has that are different to mine. And how would he feel compared to me? And that's what I did on, at the beginning. If you took the Uber Eats me, he's thinking, this is not going to work. What if I need to go back to the job? Man, what if I'm just, you know, lying to myself? That were my old thoughts. Behaviors, watching Netflix, eating Ben and Jerry's, procrastinating on my tasks and just comparing myself to others. Okay, what were the feeling? Discouraged, worried, and fearful. Okay, this is the old self. So I wrote down, okay, the Vash who hit $10,000 a month, how does he think? He's thinking like, I'm grateful for the amazing business I have. He's, he's having thoughts such as like, I'm so grateful that clients pay me these type of money so I can help them grow their businesses. Okay, what are his behaviors? He's waking up on time. He's consistent with his actions. He doesn't spend hours on social media. So I would write down clearly the old self and the new self. And I like to give them names because then it's easier to distinguish. So this was Sluggish Vash. That's how we called him. And this was just the Vash, the leader, right? So I gave him names. And... Honestly, Kyle, to my best abilities every day, I was just like, let me be this guy to my best ability. Because all the things I wrote down, they're actionable today. So I don't recommend people, he would buy a Rolex. <laughs> yes, but probably if you are delivering food for Ubris, he wouldn't buy that. <laughs> so it's almost like write behaviors that you can do today. Could I not watch Netflix? Yes. 
Could I be consistent with my actions? Yes. Could I wake up on time? Yes. Could I think those thoughts I wrote down? Yes. And as I started doing them more and more, what happened is I started to be him, even though the external reality didn't catch yet. So almost I was like thinking like 10K business owner. I was feeling like him. I was acting like him. Yes. So basically I was almost him in a way. I was embodying him, but my reality was still telling me zero (laughs) in my bank account. But what happened after a few weeks, as I said, in the next 27 days, the reality caught and I started to make the money. And that happened when I started to earn $100,000 a month. I first embodied $100,000 version of me and then the reality came. And that's how I tell people because people have it backwards. They try to create a new reality, staying the same identity, but that never works. You need to shift your identity first and then the reality will follow. That's how I view this whole thing of changing the internal world or changing your identity. This episode is just so good so far. I just have to say, <laughs> I'm just loving it. Uh, two questions. Well, so one comment, one thing I want to say, I don't know if you met this guy at Funnel Hacking Live. I know Almer mentions a friend. Almer was just on a mm-hmm. podcast like two or three episodes ago. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that probably 10 episodes ago. And realistically here, just doing the math. And he said, Kyle sent me this video from this guy named Myron, who he said also he met at Funnel Hacking Live. I don't know if he's like this. He's a black kind of, I don't know his denomination of Christianity or Judaism, but he's definitely talks to learn a lot of Hebrew, but also I think he's a Christian. Anyway, unrelated. He's on YouTube, a really interesting guy. Kyle sent me this video from him that was super powerful. And there was this line in there that, you know, authors don't have writer's block. They just don't think their books are going to sell. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that encapsulates, like it, it doesn't encapsulate everything you just said, but like, that's like a, a mental hook that I encountered recently. That like anytime I'm working on a project or procrastination, and there's like a lot to what you said. This is just only like a nice mental thing, a nice mental hook for small pieces of it. Let me just jump there real quick because you spark idea in me. Amazing. That I believe would help is a whole help a lot of people. It's, as I said, it's almost like you want to create reality right here. Let's say the 10,000 doors in my case. But my identity is here. So until I match it, I'm not going to get it very likely. But what happens for many people is their reality shift. They win a lottery. All of a sudden, they quote-unquote get lucky and get few clients. Or all of a sudden, they come across a business where they start making money. But their identity doesn't increase and what happens, they sabotage it. And this is, again, how self-sabotage happens. Let's say you're used to dating girl that you you consider seven on scale. And all of a sudden, you dis, you start dating girl that is 10. She's out of your league in your own eyes. You will sabotage the relationship. And that happens with so many entrepreneurs that they start making money. And boom, I speak with them two months later. What happened? Yeah, I lost it all. That's why 70% of lottery winners just lose it all. Because... Their external reality doesn't match their identity. All of a sudden, they have million dollars, but their identity is still broke. Guy living on street. So that's, again, how self-sabotage happens and why it's crucial as you upgrade your reality to also upgrade your identity. I'd love to ask about self-sabotage, but one question I had as well. What were the differences between the 10K per month identity and the 100K per month identity? So there's sluggish trash to match the leader. And then what was the VAPS leader to 10x that person? Yes. yes, it was 
honestly, it was more about not doing everything myself. It's almost freelancer to leader. You know, once I become the 10K business owner, I had one or two team members, but it was still very freelancing style. You know, doing a lot of things myself, uh, being afraid to uh, give responsibilities to somebody else. So then it, it was more like freelancer to leader. Uh, that's how I saw it when, once I got there. And basically it was about embodying more the leader who leads people in the direction and know who needs to do what. So giving them the right priorities, finding the right people and really leading the company. Um, that was the biggest shift because the leadership was definitely missing once I hit 10k. You almost don't need leadership. You just need to lead yourself. But to hit 100k, it usually requires leadership in my opinion. In terms of like your friend group, are you still, because I think that's really an important piece of identity as well. Like who you surround yourself with both in terms of like when you're going through an identity shift, a lot of times like trying to go through an identity shift while maintaining past relationships is really challenging. And then also just the power of like someone like John entering your life and that like leading to a new identity. So how is that? What's been like the abbreviated version? And I don't mean to say abbreviated of how your social life has changed in terms of like, mm -hmm. do you have many of the same friends you had when you were an Uber, uh, Uber driver? Or do you have a completely new social circle or what's been that? How has that been a piece of this journey? So when my biggest change happened is. Almost some people say cut the, the old people or cut the negative people, right? Which again, to some degree, uh, I agree. But at the same time, I decided to make almost this difference between people I can hang out once a day, once a week, once a month, once a year. So let's say if friends from high school, I, I enjoy hanging out with them once a year, right? It's good to kind of. Think about the old times, kind of catch up with everyone, but once a year is enough. Then I have friends that once a month is amazing, we have great time, but doing it twice a month, really not necessary. And then I have friends like John, who I could be daily. We traveled six months together, being together every day and never we argued. So I have friends who I can be daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. And that's how I kind of split my friends. But big point I want to make, especially for entrepreneurs who usually spend most of their day in their room <laughs> outside <laughs> of the world, you know, it's almost like when you find a person that's probably with you when you too, Matt, is when you find somebody resonate with, invest time, energy, and money into that relationship. Like you cannot expect even with a girlfriend, you cannot expect, hey, I will spend with you 10 minutes a week. I won't buy you anything. <laughs> You know, and I will do the bare minimum for you. The relationship is going to suck and the same is going to be with your friends. So let's say when with John, first, of course, I invested money into his coaching. But when then we started having weekly calls that were no longer part of it, uh, then he mentioned, hey, I'm in Amsterdam. So I flew there. So I invested time, energy, money to get there. Then we bought a one way ticket to South America to travel six months, money, energy, time. So. Almost when I find a person I deeply resonate with, I'm just going to visit them even if they're on the other side of the world, or at least I will ping the message every few days to just keep that going because it's so precious. Like you don't need hundreds of friends, but if you have 10 good ones, wow, so precious because the friends, if they're on similar growth journey, they just, 
they are going to do amazing stuff for you. Like you're going to enjoy it so much more. So that's on this topic. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Um, there's one thing that you have said here a couple of times and on other podcasts that I listen to with you, which is resonation. Uh, and that's something that Joe Dispenza talks a lot about, like synchronicities. Can you talk about how um, you've kind of followed resonation and synchronicities and how that changed from when you were in disempowered to how you kind of go about it now? Yes. So I believe in this. It's almost like if I feel good, I naturally attract more opportunities, more people to me, more synchronicities. Because just each listener can just ask themselves this. Like, if I see a person that is good energy, who is radiating these positive vibes, do I want to speak to them more than the person who is angry? <laughs> you know, the answer is obvious. So if you go to conference and there is a person and you vibrate or you just feel good inside to simplify, you will naturally draw people to you and people will be, man, Sorry to bother, but can I ask you a question? Or man, sorry to bother, but I just felt this urge to talk to you. And the same as happens if you have, let's say, business. When I started, I started to work on this, to feel good. And almost clients told me that, hey, I have this other agency that has more testimonials, charge less than you, but there's something about you. And all was that was that feeling good is so rare. Like just when you go... In the city, you will see most people head down, kind of walking in their own world, not really smiling, not really saying, hi, how are you? So you will stand out. That's why I see it as a superpower. And these synchronicities, which is usually these moments you can never predict, they're almost like byproduct of that. Because I don't know a single person who felt good over a long period of time and he didn't attract some opportunities or people into his life. Let's talk about conferences and like other events that you've gone to. Where were you in your journey when you started like actually traveling and going to events? And how do you take advantage of that? Because a lot of people, I think, go to a lot of conferences and don't get much out of them. So then they don't go to any more conferences. And then, then they write off the whole channel. Like I use channel, like not marketing channel, but like as a strategy. I don't want to use the word strategy too incorrectly either, but as a, a methodology, a technique for like making impactful relationships, developing yourself, because it's for many people, a conference can be super, a big accelerant. I believe in whatever you put in, you will get out. You know, some people go to conference, they listen to the speaker, then go to the, uh, some grab a chair and start working on their business, <laughs> replying to emails, right? Don't expect much to happen because I tell people it's probably, 20% again about a speaker, 80% is about the conversations. So when I went to Tony Robbins event, when I went to Joe Dispenza, when I went to Russell Brunson event, you will find me that I'm just with big group of people. Let's grab a dinner. Let's go over there. It's almost like the speakers are amazing. They inspire a lot of things in me, but it's more about the other people because they have unique stories. We, with some, you might become business partner. With some, you can become accountability partner. So to me, it's really putting all in. It's like telling your team, Hey, can you handle most of my responsibilities? So can, I can really spend quality time at the conference and not between the speakers answering emails. So whatever you put in, you will get out. And it's almost 
again, actively creating rapport with people because if you speak to every person and you just talk about your story, uh, like how you're successful or not, then the other person will be mm, nice, but there won't be any friendship very likely. But if you show genuine interest in the other person, you can create amazing friendship. So when I now go to Joe Dispenza, of course, because I spoke on the stage, a lot of people know me, but I'm just like having hundreds of people I can speak and I always learn from them because we can learn from anybody. So that's how I'm maximizing conferences. And second part is a lot of people, again, as, as Kyle mentioned, is they might come back inspired in good state. I'm ready to change my life. And then it almost bubbles out. I tell people that these, this motivation is like a coffee. You get a kick, but eventually comes a time when you need another coffee. So to make the change permanent, you can truly, after the conference, you need to sit down and ask myself, what are three things I can apply? Because you can probably apply a million things, but that's not going to happen. So what are three things you can apply? And really finding, a, again, a vision why three actions, who I need to become the same framework to make the change permanent. Because I know some people are like conference junkies. They go from one to another and it's like a coffee guy that needs six coffees a day. That's the same principle. The motivation bubbles out. Oh, I need another conference. So <laughs> that's, that's how I go about that. That's a great metaphor. Kyle, let's do some. I'm definitely going to use that in the future. What are <laughs> some? All right, let's do some bonus questions. I saw a note that you're a biohacker and that's also a piece of a piece of it. What's been a really effective biohack? Because I've tried a lot. Some things have stuck. Some things haven't stuck, right? Maybe I like tried 25 things, maybe only lasting. I feel like two to three of them have been useful, genuinely. What have been some of your successful biohacking things that have remained part of your rhythm? Yes. So I will take a very different spin than most people because, again, I when you listen to most biohackers, that's their full-time job. So they will give you 39-step morning routine and before you finish it, it's 2 p.m., right? So you need to red light, you need to go to sunlight, you need to go cold exposure and just thousands of steps. And to me, there are just a few things I always do after the 80-20, what gets me the most result. And the theme of this podcast, we could almost say, is like feeling good. Find a way to feel good because I always tell people how you feel is 100% in your control and most people get angry because they think they're not. But how you feel is 100% in your control. If I ask you right now, what is wrong in your life? What is terrible in your life? You will start focusing on that and you will start feeling terrible. All of us would find few things we feel bad about, all of us. But if I ask you guys, what are you deeply grateful for? All of us, even if you had a bad day, would find few things you can still be grateful for. You have a roof over your head. You have amazing friends. And so sooner or later, you will start feeling grateful. So how you feel is in your control. Nobody can tell me otherwise. So I tell people the best biohack is to feel good because I know people who eat all the organic salads, but they're stressed out the whole day and they develop, unfortunately, cancer. You know, stress is the worst thing. So if you can feel good, that will be much better than putting butter in your coffee. That will be much better than going and walking on a grass for five minutes. So feeling good is the overarching principles. And that's almost the other few I just see as a bonus. I, yeah, I kind of don't even want to hear them at this point. It's just like, that's yeah, the answer. Right? <laughs> it's like, like, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> I don't exactly. 
Exactly, because people ask me, what supplements you take? I said, I take the supplement called feeling good. That's all I take. Five times a day for three minutes minimal. It's all you need because honestly, I want the listener to make this practical, but reflect back when you felt good. Did you make better or worse decisions? When you felt good, were you better partner, son, business partner, friend, employee? And the answer is always yes. And if we truly believe that how you feel is in your control, that's the best biohack. That's the only hack you need. Because the other things might get you 2% improvements. But this is something that is the day and night. How do you feel good? Not how do you feel good, but how does a listener begin to train themselves to feel good? So the easiest thing I would start with is really the questions. The questions you ask yourself, because almost whatever question you ask, that's where your focus will go. And when your focus goes, that's where the energy goes. But most people ask what type of question? Why does it not work for me? Why is it taking so long? Why me? Why this guy is succeeding? Right? All of these questions, so they focus on these quote-unquote negatives, and as a result, they feel negative. So the questions... Let's start your day with questions, what I'm excited about today. Immediately, you will find a few things. Ask yourself, what could you be grateful for today? What went really well yesterday? So questions is almost the easiest task. Of course, then I'm a big believer in meditation because the mind is always talking until we take charge of it partly. Because most people had is like, you didn't do this. Oh, you still have this call waiting. Or you didn't complete this project last week. Again, it's taking control of how, where you focus. So if you use meditation, just focusing on your breath, maybe you visualize the future you want to create. That will change how you feel. And as I said, five times a day for three minutes, you can do these questions. You can use some small meditation, but feeling good is almost commitment. It doesn't happen naturally at the beginning. It's not like I will just feel happy by default. You will very likely feel terrible by default because that's what you've practiced. And I tell people, whatever you practice, you become. So my best emotion to go after is gratitude. Because if you listen to this podcast, you know how lucky you are. That means very likely you have a roof over your head. You have a device that connects you to the whole world. And you can listen value for free. So you have so many things you're grateful for. And when you flag back on the things, that will immediately shift how you feel. You can't feel fear and gratitude at the same time. You can't feel anger towards somebody and feel grateful at the same time. So these are a few simple strategies that people can start implementing in, in their life. And guys... I used to be the insecure, doubtful, a little bit angry guy. I wasn't this, this just happy guy. I practice it. Because remember, whatever you practice, you become. So I just practice being happy, being excited, being joyous. So that's who I become. And it's hard for me to wake up feeling angry now. I love it. Um, one thing I want to cover uh, before we go is a... It's something that resonated with me when I was looking into Joe Dispenza, and that is um, the realization that you don't actually want 
like the thing that you are are going for you want the feeling and so could you just speak to that for uh a little bit big big so if i ask people what they want some would say i want this money let's say to make per month i i I would ask them why do you want it and they would say because i want to travel the world and ask them if you travel the world how would you feel they say i would feel free okay Somebody else would tell me I want the money so I can retire my parents. Okay, if you retired your parents, how would you feel? Gosh, I would feel proud of myself. So what you want is not dead people on pieces of paper or some number on your bank balance. That's not what we want. We want what the money gives us, which is some feeling. Because ultimately, all of us wants to feel good. That's it. That's why we do all of this for. But almost the paradox is you can feel it now and you will get it faster. Because usually people look at me, how come you achieve this faster than this person? And I just tell them that I use the fast track. And I was feeling like I already have the $10,000 month. I was feeling joy. And as a result, I almost got there faster. There was almost small distance between where I was and what I wanted. But some people say, oh, I need to lose the weight. I'm overweight. I need, I need, I need. And I tell them, if you need something, what does it mean? You don't have it. And when you don't have it, you vibrate at frequency of not having. (laughs) So if we at some level believe in the law of attraction, you will attract less into your life. On the other hand, if you feel like you're getting fit, if you're feeling healthier every day, it means you vibrate at frequency of being fit. And when you vibrate at being a frequency of being fit, you will get there faster. And it applies to any area. So there's a great point. So here the principle is, ask yourself why I'm chasing this goal. What is the main emotion I'm trying to get? And ask yourself, how can I give myself the emotion now? Because if you felt proud of yourself, would you achieve your goal faster? 100%. You would show up differently. Your shoulders will be down. You would sit straight, right? All of these things compared to if you feel lack, if you feel like I need, I need, I need. So yes, feel first. That's how you will get it faster. I am loving this episode, really. I remember, you know, I was texting Mac. Uh, he was someone who's gone through the entrepreneur training. And was texted in this group chat that I, I saw he followed you on Instagram. So it's like, Hey, by the way, interviewing this guy, I see that you follow him. Like, do you have an opinion? And like, I don't know Mac very well at all. It's been like a day hanging out with him. And this dude sends me like an absolute dissertation of questions and excited stories and just so much. And then like, wow, there's a reason for that. Right. It's like something emotionally resonated with him. And I was like, I'm interviewing Bash and he's like so much excitement. And I don't want to say he didn't get it before. Cause I mean, it's did not right. Well, you don't know, you don't know, but I'm like, I get it. You know, I'm probably going to be like the same. So never ask me about you. I'm going to be like flooded with just, he's the man. It's, it's so cool. One question I have for you, and I think this will be my last question. How, besides John, have you worked with other coaches? I'm very impressed by a lot I'm hearing from you in terms of like how thoroughly you understand so much of this and how deep your knowledge goes and how cohesive and logical and consistent it all seems. And I'm curious if you, besides John, like work with therapists, you kind of cover like a, a lot of dimensions, right? Like have you worked with a fitness coach as well? 
have you like hired besides just reading books and like letting yourself really absorb through Spenza and doing a lot of inner work yourself besides John has there been another person for you there were definitely people I invested but almost now I tell people there's thousands of courses you can invest in but really look at the person because many of these people don't walk the path they say one thing do the opposite and for me, a lot of people come to me and they said, let's say I studied Joe Dispenza, but I never heard this, <laughs> right? Or they say these things and I tell them this, I don't consume content, I create content. What do I mean by that? A lot of people read a book, they highlight and they write word by word what this person said. But to me, I might read a book for 10 minutes, I go to my whiteboard and I ask myself, how does it apply to what I already know? How does it apply to the experiences I had? How does it apply to the thousands of hours of coachings I've done? And almost from there, I created new frameworks, new, new things that not many people speak about or I haven't heard them speak about because I invest time not to consume and then just tell the same thing. I actually make connections between what I'm hearing or what I'm experiencing. So that was number one, and that's why I'm big on mastery. Not consuming content, because I see people just subscribing to so many things, reading so many books, but not much to show for. Because reading even books could be a form of procrastination if you don't actually take it and apply it. And another component is, I truly believe when you... I think, again, there is this quote like, all the answers are within. And to some level, I agree with that. And because I spend thousands of hours now in meditations, then's where usually these examples, these principles come in. And just four months ago, I spent seven days in darkness, complete darkness with no food. And there came to me such interesting principles that I never read, I never heard before. It was almost like a download, like, Havaj, this is how it is, bro. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so that's how I get a lot of this. It's almost not by watching YouTube video. It's in my, I might watch a YouTube video, get inspired. Then I close my eyes and almost let the, the mind or whatever do its magic. At the end of the day, that's everyone you're listening to is just someone else has just had an idea that they're just sharing. Like it could come from you or it could come from them. Exactly. I agree. Vosh, where should our listeners go to find more about you? Where would you like to direct the traffic that at this point is in love with you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. First of all, this was complete flow. So thank you, Louis and Kyle, for the opportunity. And for the listener, you spent close to an hour with us today. And I want to make it practical. So just taking the four-step framework, please spend time. Ask yourself, if I could apply only one thing from the conversation we had today, what would that be? What would be the one thing I could take away and immediately apply to my life? So it's not just some nice dinner conversation you can have with friends. What is the one thing you can apply immediately to your own? And if you have any direct question on me, something you would like me to expand on, just go to Vash, that's V-A-S-H underscore Tomanek, that's T-O-M-A-N-E-C. It will be pro in the description uh, on Instagram. That's where you can send me DM and just ask me any question. The same name is on YouTube. And if you want to find out more, 
about a thousand plus students we've coached and wanted to become one of them, then just go to marchepreneur.com to find out more. But thank you for taking the time. And I just hope that you're going to apply some of this because it changed my life completely. And I know it can change yours as well. And that wraps up another episode of the Lewis and Kyle show. This was a really enjoyable episode. I learned a lot personally, uh, just because I feel like these are the things that I kind of struggle with. And my three takeaways are number one, what decisions would you make if you felt great? And I think if, you know, I always ask myself that question before I do something that I will make a better decision or, or make better decisions over the long term, if I at least think about what kind of decision I would make if I was, you know, the highest version of myself or, or in an amazing mood. And then number two is just, and this is something that I've learned through, through the podcast and, and try to, to live out, uh, but it's difficult is the different questions that you ask yourself and how different it'll make you feel based on the question. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, what are all the bad things that are going to happen today? Or, or like, what's the worst thing that can happen? Those lead you down a mental path of, of really negativity and like thinking of all the ways that things could go wrong. Whereas if you're to say, what are the, the best things that are going to happen today? Or what, are, what, what could be the best thing that happened to me today? Those two questions fill your mind with a lot of different material. And clearly one is better than the other. And the number three is just, if he can do it, why can't I? Vosh is obviously an amazing person and has accomplished a lot. But just like you, you know, I listen to this and I'm like, well, I can do it. And, and I hope that you come to the same conclusion and start taking action toward being that person. And so that wraps up the, this episode of the Lewis and Kyle show. Very grateful to Vosh for coming on. Uh, if you want to catch any more episodes of the Lewis and Kyle show or learn more about me and Lewis, you can go to lewisandkyle.com. You can follow us on Twitter. All of those links will be down below and we hope that you enjoyed and come back for more. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.